tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. It is definitely telling at this point that that is truly uh, something that's out of my control. What I can't control is how I play and making uh, that decision um, at some point a very hard one. Um, you know, if, if I were to retire on the organization's timetable, then it's an easy decision. But uh, if there comes a time where I still feel like I can play at a high level and, and uh, my body feels great, um, you know, then there's, you know, other guys have, have, have gone on and played elsewhere. That is Aaron Rodgers talking about uh, the draft pick of Jordan Love and the clock starts ticking a little bit. Yeah. You know, speaking of guys, the, the Minshew conversation that we just had mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of the way the Jags played Green Bay here. I want to say it was 15 or 16. I think it was 16. It would have been 16, I think. It, it was makes a hot sense. game. Hot game. Mm-hmm. But they said, we're not going to rush. We're not yeah. going after him mm-hmm. because that's when he sneaks through. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to sit here and hold our spot, which is a tough thing to tell a defensive end, right? Without a doubt. And, yeah, listen, they had a chance to win the game. Yeah. I mean, they had a fourth and one late in the game. Well, yeah. And and they also got screwed by the officials in that game, like, big time, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was uh, 27 to 23, if I'm yeah. um, 2016. Yeah, so I know. just saw that play the other day. Somehow they couldn't get a first down on a fourth and one. They threw a bubble well, exactly. screen to Alan Hearns. Yeah. And, and they... They, it was just, what are we doing? But well, and, and even Green Bay, like, uh, towards then, they kind of wilted it a little bit, right? Like, it was a Jaguars game to win. Now, one could say, the Heat had something to do with it. <laughs> you know? Maybe maybe the Heat, week one, uh, yeah. in Jacksonville, had something to do with the Green Bay Packers, who are accustomed to training out in the Midwest. But hey, hey, Wisconsin, that's just hearsay. Wisconsin. That's just, that's just How hearsay. How do you feel about... Austin Lane carrying that soft flag of yours. Oh, I'll tell the story right now. I had my friend, I'm sure he's listening. My friend Chuck, Mr. Chuck O'Day, came down from Green Bay to come watch a Jaguars game. And Tyson Alwala, so Tyson Alwala got us great tickets, you know. So we're we're sitting pretty, man. Lasted a quarter. And we're in the club. Yeah, and we're, we're in the atrium just hanging out, man, because he couldn't handle it anymore. And we didn't say for game. Chuck. That's what I'm saying. Be but, a little tougher, hey, Chuck. But that's what I'm saying. That the, that's how the Midwest goes sometimes, Brent. So did the Heat make a difference? You know, maybe. I don't it know. Did. Green Bay won. Well, they they won, but hey, they were a great team that year. Don't forget. <laughs> I think they. I forgot what the record was that year. I think they did pretty well, though. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, real quick, uh, we have Stuart Weber uh, coming on here in just a moment. Talk a little NASCAR and team sports and some live sports. I wanted to get his thoughts on it. Uh, before we do that, Kuz, you just brought up an interesting point. Who's telling me in the break that he got charged by the toll place for like a toll that he ran through? Wait, there's more. What what do you got? So tell us the story. So today in the mail, you got a ticket. I got a ticket for like a dollar twenty-five for like Sun Pass, you know. And we look at the photo that they send with it. Yeah. Well, it's not my car. But it's my license plate, just the letter. So there's a glare off the back of the car, and it blocks part of the leather letter. So it looks like my license plate, but it's probably not. I'm suing. And so, like, I called them to try to get it fixed. Yeah. And I was on hold for a while because I'm sure they got a lot going on. Yeah. 
So I just hung up and I was like, I'm just going to pay the dollar and make this go away. And Nicole's like, you can't pay the dollar. And I was like, it's a dollar and it's going to take so much more just to not pay this dollar yeah. than to pay it. So did you pay it? I haven't yet. <laughs> so, so it's a good, you got a, you got a toll story? Well, I go through the tolls all the time, the bag, by the way, going so, to like Sanford. Steph can't stand it. I, we, we got a sun pass and I still went through the thing. Well, you didn't yeah, have the sun pass. Oh, well, this is the part. I was, I was I, it so was, they sent it for, they said I did it April 27th. So like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. On a Tuesday at like 3:45, I would have actually literally been here doing this show. <laughs> okay, so. so to be fair, tolls. I'm not gonna say I don't know how they work because I do. That'd be naive of me, but I don't take them too seriously. Okay, <laughs> good. This now, is a good public now, service now, message. Now, that being said, when I played in Chicago, I used my mom's old Lexus because that's how we get down in the Lane family. Uh, so use my mom's car, and I would drive from Iola to Chicago, about a three-hour drive. Well, there's tolls on the way. Did I stop at one toll ever? No, I thought eventually what happens was it accumulates, and then towards the end of the year, then you just pay one, just you know, it's just take it off the books, and my mom could take care of it. Wasn't worried about it. Well, four or five months down the line, I'm out of Chicago now. My mom goes, "Have you been driving my car down to Chicago a lot?" I'm like, "Well, yeah." When I played for the Bears, she's like, "Oh, yeah. Well, you have to pay those, you know, those those tolls." I'm like, "No, that's fine. I'll take care of them towards the end of the year." And what I didn't realize is that it gets interest and it adds more money to the to the fine so needless to say um towards the end of it when i finally got around to it i probably paid i don't know maybe a two thousand percent increase Ooh. of what the toll should have been just because i waited to the last second sorry about that mom Duh, don't put it off well don't be sorry to mom yeah. you, as long as you end up you paid it, right? yeah, oh, I paid okay. it but, but it's still like it's still <laughs> yeah. her car and it's still her Kuz's this conversation though brings up an interesting point last night see we're watching homeland all right. Yeah, now this is a, love that this show. is a 2011 series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're 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 on the way to season one's in the books. About but the, the last there's it says there's 13 episodes in season one. Mm-hmm. So we're, I'm watching on the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And see, uh, episode 12 we watched well, a few days ago and it was a long one. Mm-hmm. And so we try to go get episode 13 last night, the last one. And they said it cost you 2.99. We're like, what the heck? We must be. We don't haven't been charged for any of this. We already did, we already have all this stuff. Yeah. So we go on settings. We change the username. It was on Steph's username. So then I changed it to mine. I was like, yeah. oh, that must have been the issue. Go back again. Two ninety nine for the like, season finale. I mean, now we're getting like pissed off. So I'm like, Steph, screw this. Yeah. We're just paying the two ninety nine. I don't care. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you, you give an outdoor fireplace, you're gonna do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're paying two ninety nine. Yeah. So we get into episode thirteen. Mm-hmm. It was the second half of episode 12 that went wrong. <laughs> we had already seen the damn thing. <laughs> so they lied to you. They, I don't know why they charged me two ninety nine for he, an episode but, I had already seen. But but here's the thing, though. Did you call them and complain or just, you know, no, you, to be honest, you didn't. Well, was, you didn't. <laughs> it's one in the morning. It's principal, <laughs> principals, man. <laughs> Principles, no, no time. No, they got me. Principles, no, no, no monetary value. I basically value. just said, yeah, you got ben. me. Oh, man. I don't know why, oh, but is this a common man. thing? Like, you guys watch TV episodes. So here's what well, we're getting out of the way. Brent, I don't pay for it. Come on. We already Kuz, hey, Cruz, can you imagine paying for an episode of anything? Just <laughs> that, that's for it. people that have fireplaces. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we'll just we'll see it illegally yeah. download it. Thank you very much. Yeah, so you don't pay for that or tolls. Very good story here today. Speaking of, when I went out to Colorado... You know, they had a fast lane. This was before we had one set up here. They were still working on it. And so uh, we rented a car, and there was a lot of traffic. And I'm like, that? oh, look, nobody's in this lane. <laughs> Just get over. <laughs> and I took it all the way. And then when we 
turned the car in. They're like, oh, right, here's your bill. And I was like, yeah, you got charged oh, for it. Oh, right. That's what that means. Yeah, okay. you get charged for a lot of that stuff. Uh, by the way, I will say, so we had already seen the last part. I was like, screw you, Homeland. I'm not going to season two. I started Ozark. <laughs> So you're not going to watch Homeland Season 2? I uh, just have him a little suspension. Okay. I heard Ozark's really good as well. Yeah, it so is. I started yeah. uh, see, started uh, Episode 1. It's good stuff. I, so with Ozark, Season 1's awesome. They lost me at Season 2, and then I've, everyone's told me Season 3 picked it back three, up. I heard Season 3, they say, is the best one. Yeah, so, so we'll see. cool. All right, uh, let's bring in Action Sports Jack Stewart Weber. By the way, this is a guy that would pay the 125 for the toll yeah. and the $2.99 or fight Principles, Probably baby. fight for it. All about those principles. Right, Weber? I'm not, I'm not buying an episode of anything. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yeah. man. Who does that? <laughs> uh, what's up, Weber? I, I would also fight that $1.25 to, to the death. You would. Uh, so would I. Yeah. Time is money, guys. Doing, time is money. What I've been doing lately, and it's the opposite of time is money, if I if I get food at a fast food place and I see that their Coke price is too high, I'll go to McDonald's and get a dollar extra large Coke, as opposed to like a two dollar fifty extra large Coke at another place. <laughs> that's me. That's an insight into Whoa, yeah, well, what yeah, I that's do. You, that's life. nobody else. That is you. <laughs> no one fine. else is doing that. That's okay. I, I want my Coke fix. I'm going to get it from McDonald's. Coke, I'll say this: I'm not a big soda guy, but as a kid. The Coke at McDonald's was just for whatever reason better than every other. It is way better. Yeah, I'm glad it you is. said that. Yeah, it is and way it's only better. A dollar. Yeah. Now that's not why Stewart's getting it. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but I'm just throwing observations out there. Absolutely right, yeah, man. man. They it, put some extra sugar in that Coke at McDonald's. It hit differently for sure. <laughs> hey, uh, Weber, NASCAR started up. Uh, yeah. We had a little golf yesterday. By the way, I want to share this because uh, Weber will get this, and he's the TV guy. Actually, uh, texted our group chat this morning. Everybody's talking about the last dance, right? You better Everybody. believe Everybody. Like, yep. if you go on social media, everywhere. I told you the last dance locally did, like, two and a half rating, like, the first couple weeks. It was pretty consistent, maybe, like, a two and a half. Pretty good. Could have got up to a three. Yeah, it's okay. For that kind of programming, it's very good. Cool. For the amount of conversation that was taking place on my Twitter timeline, <laughs> I thought it would be more. Yeah. Well, so, same thing about yesterday, maybe two and a two and change. NASCAR yesterday? tripled it so i said i said it to Weber. Wow. i was like man this puts things in perspective a little bit yeah. because i've always thought we underserve our nascar audience here mm-hmm. in, in northeast florida i think we have a big nascar audience we're one of the the biggest cities ratings wise for a lot of races especially the daytona 500 but a lot of races big nascar area but that one got me like it just shows you everybody's talking about the last dance it's like everybody's seen it mm-hmm. well the ratings show no nah, not really NASCAR tripled. That was a different time slot, but it tripled what the Last Dance did yesterday, which really stunned me, Weber. Whew. I think part of it too is that it's it's live sports as opposed to a you know uh, a scripted show type deal, documentary type deal. Which, by the way, I, I didn't watch a single episode of the Last Dance. I don't know if that makes me an awful sports person, but uh, I had no interest in it. So I watched NASCAR and international soccer and all the other sports. Have you hung up on him yet? Did you hang up on Weber yet? I would have done it. Who can if he? He can if he wants. Now, the the thing is, it it would have to be very desperate as far as things for me to watch for me to watch it. And even in a pandemic, I'm not at that point. Stuart, how old are you again? I'm 34. Yeah. All right. So then you grew up with Michael Jordan, right? I've never had any interest in the NBA. Like, like almost zero interest in the NBA. Now, my level of interest is enough to where I know – 
some things about it to where I can talk about it for my job. Sure. But, I mean, when you were a kid, though, and everyone was rocking Space Jam, what were you doing? Like, watching Days of Thunder by yourself or what? You talking about the, the Bill Murray movie? Okay, Brent, go, go on. I can see, I can see that we're not taking the show very seriously anymore. Okay, everyone's trying to get their jabs. In. Yes, the Bill Murray movie. If that makes you feel better, <laughs> good movie. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but I, I was, I was never, you know, I, I didn't have a poster. I didn't want to be like Mike. I wanted to be like Dale. Come on, I, I was a NASCAR guy. I liked baseball. I liked soccer, but I, I just never got into the NBA. It was never, it was never a fascination for me. And, that's the thing I like about sports is that there's so many of them, and you don't have to like all of them. Well, I'll tell you what, Stuart. I'm glad that we're friends now because growing <laughs> up, we would not have been friends whatsoever. So oh, I, it's good to have you on the team now. Yeah. Way yeah. to appreciate people for their differences. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, hey, I appreciate them now, but I'm saying growing up with the Space Jam era, if you're not watching Space Jam, then get out of my face. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, I saw the movie. I mean, you know, he's got cartoons. Yeah, but, but, yeah but, cool. but you were watching it religiously. Bugs like Bunny was. was awesome. Oh, man, Bugs Bunny. Got dude. Bill the Murray, soundtrack. Got Newman from Seinfeld, he's in there. Larry Bird was in a Brent. Yeah. Cameo. Star Bird, of the show. Yeah. yeah, sure. Action Sports Jackson, uh, ESPN 690. Stuart Weber joined us from the Action Sports Jacks department, of course. Uh, this is what's good about Weber. See, you might not watch that because he's watching, like, the Bundesliga or whatever league. Uh, oh, uh, man, it's the Bundesliga. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> and NASCAR. I wanted to ask you about that soccer. How did they do? Because that's really the first... Well, it's not the first uh, team sport. Baseball came back with the Korean baseball organization as well. But uh, baseball's different to me. Baseball's a lot like almost NASCAR. Where, and, and even USC to a degree, I didn't really feel the impact of losing the fans. I know there was one. I'm not discounting it. But I didn't feel it. I wonder if yeah. soccer, did you feel it a little bit more than maybe the others? Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Just because of the, the way the game is played and a lot closer quarters yeah, you know, yeah. between the two different teams and and just the the weird european camaraderie thing that comes along with it like after they normally score goals they're they're all in the hugs and the excitement and it's you know it's a little bit much for for me i don't know the the awkward european celebration hug uh was absent from these you know goal celebrations in the bundesliga except for one team one team did it, and you know they did group hugs and everything, and then they got reprimanded for doing it because they weren't supposed to. Okay. Uh, the, you know, goal celebrations were supposed to be done at you know socially distanced. You know, maybe do some some elbow nubs to each other and do it that way. But like, uh, one team decided, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna do our normal celebrations, and they got a slap on the wrist because of it. Did you think it, it the was, play was like still as aggressive and you know like the tackling and all that? Yeah, play was exactly the same. Okay. Um, yeah, and it, it was interesting. Like, I think I watched parts of three or four games over the course of the couple of days that it's been on, and there's a game actually on right now. The smart thing that the Bundesliga has done is they've spread out the games a little bit yep. uh, over three or four days each week. That way they can give the viewing audience something to watch at all times. It's kind of what NASCAR's doing. Kind of what NASCAR's doing, and uh, pretty smart on their part. It's kind of the idea of like what college football has done, where they have a game at every time slot, that idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me ask yeah, you this real quick. From the soccer, there I think there were a lot of eyes on it. Like from major major league baseball, NBA, NFL. I think I think the leaders of those sports around here were watching that because of the team sport aspect. Did you see anything that jumped out at you that'd be like, hey, yeah, I can see them adopting this or that? Hmm, that's a good question. It, it certainly brings up to me the acoustics of those stadiums because 
as I was watching these games, it was very eerie at times because you get these weird echoes and obviously, you know, the players are communicating with each other and yelling at each other and saying all these things and, and the coaches are barking out instructions. The, the sounds were just eerie, you know, with the, the emptiness of it was very odd. And that it, it kind of affected my viewing experience at times where I was taken away from enjoying the actual watching of the game to just be like, gosh, it is empty in there. You know, it just sounds so weird, the acoustics did. Yeah, well, and I think that makes some sense because, you know, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of experience with European soccer, and be it, but we have been to Fulham, and you see it, and the crowds are really into it. You know, there's yeah. chants going on and everything, so you would miss the crowd of during course. a viewing. It's part of it, of you course. know, with, with soccer. Uh, whereas the only real time you, you, you felt it yesterday, Stuart, with NASCAR was when Kevin Harvick won, and he got out of the car, and there's nobody cheering for him. That's about it, right? That was it. That was literally it. Uh, if you're talking about a, a sport that, you know, doesn't get hindered by the lack of fans too much, other than obviously, you know, fans are the lifeblood of a sport as far as support and building, you know, bringing in money and all this Absolutely, kind of stuff yeah. and to experience it. But that's from a fan perspective to experience it, not necessarily from a driver or competitor's vantage point where, you know, they're just hearing the engine the entire time. They're focused on, you know, the cars in front and behind them, and they're worried about the race. So, yeah, literally once the, the green flag dropped until the checkered flag dropped, it, it was exactly like it is every other time other than, like, the competition caution where they had some changes because of the social distancing. But uh, for the most part, I mean, yeah, it's one of those sports that could easily – be able to compete, and that's why they're out there doing it right now. Stuart Weber with us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. He's our expert on the soccer and NASCAR and, and, and everything in between. Not the last dance. Did not watch <laughs> it. Has not watched it. Uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane. Let me ask you this, guys. Last week on the show, I was like, I feel a little worse about this whole situation about getting back to action. Mm-hmm. Now we've had three fight cards here in Jacksonville and UFC, and outside of one test positive, I think out of 75 fight camps, Everything went pretty much according to plan, and I think went pretty well, I, I, unless I missed something. NASCAR just did their thing. They got back in the car, and they raced, and you know, even without practice laps and qualifying and all that kind of stuff, they did it. Uh, well, here's, a, here's an important distinction while you're on that exact point. NASCAR did not test any of its drivers or crew members. They, they didn't do any COVID testing whatsoever because of the fact that they were just doing the one-day in-and-out idea, and no one was coming anywhere near each other. And everyone's in, you know, tracks, race suits and masks and all this. But they didn't do the actual testing of the drivers or the crew members for this race. Yeah, and I don't think there's been any backlash for not doing that if, because you can be socially distant in that sport. Yeah. Yeah. I think the same would be said. I know it was a very small sample of the golf. I mean, it was a skins game. It was four players. They were socially distant. I don't think they did the testing either. Um, and we had a little bit of live sports back. We'll have full go golf in, in, in the middle of June. Uh, and here we are now. They're talking about, I think I saw something in the state of Florida, that they expect to be back on campus in uh, on universities and colleges in the state of Florida in the fall. Mm-hmm. They're planning on reopening. I think that just came out in the last couple of hours. It's funny how my mind shifts in this thing. A couple of weeks ago, I thought, oh, yeah, that, we'll be all right by end of summer, early fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, then last week, I was a little skeptical after hearing Dr. Fauci talk a little bit and seeing some other things I was reading. And now after these kind of events, I feel like we're headed in the right direction. Well, yeah. See, it's hard for me to come along with you, though, Brent, because once again, we're talking about NASCAR. We're talking about the UFC. We're talking about golf, where 
Yeah, obviously with MMA, I mean, there's not really practicing social distancing, but it's only two guys in a cage at a time, right? Yeah. And maybe when you train with your coaches and your teams, maybe that's four or five guys tops. But when we talk about a football team, I mean, that's, you know, what, 70, 80 people? Yeah, in uh, in college can be 100 guys on a roster. Exactly. So you have 100 guys in a locker room, 100 guys on a football field, then take into account the coaches who are older, the training staff. Um, I'm not necessarily worried about, you know, s- someone obviously, heaven forbid, you know, they they die or pass away from this thing. But I'm just worried about where if one player catches it, then what do the optics look like if two players or three players on a team catch it? Then what do you do? Like, that's what I'm more worried about. I'm not worried about really starting it back up. I'm worried about what's going to happen because it'll eventually happen when a team comes down with it. What, yeah, what do you do? Uh, that's fair enough. Uh, Weber, where are you on this? Uh, what do you think? Uh, you think after watching some of this stuff this weekend, you feel pretty good that that whether it works or not, people are going to give it a try. Sure. And going back to kind of the, the soccer conversation, because that has more to do with team sports yeah. and you know moving forward, they are in Germany extremely strict on everything. Big shocker, I know, right? Uh, but the, the like two-week quarantines for everybody before everything even started to pick up, not to mention the fact that Europe is a solid month, maybe month and a half ahead of the U.S. when it comes to the timeline on everything. And, like, one of the prominent coaches for one of these German Bundesliga teams went out to go get toothpaste because he forgot that he couldn't leave, and now he's quarantined for 14 days from everybody because he went and got toothpaste. Wow. You had a team that had two people test positive in the second division of German soccer because, you know, they have to do all the divisions. It can't just be the top league because you got to decide promotion and relegation and all that jazz for, for some of these leagues. I know some are canceling and figuring we're good now. But, like, the, the German one – they had a team with two players test positive, so that team has had to postpone all its games for the next two weeks while they figure everything out and hope to be able to get back out there. And it, 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 there's certainly these challenges that come along with it. There's rule changes that come along with it. You look at soccer, normally you get three substitutions. They've gone with five to kind of try and get people to adjust a little bit uh, just with all the different players and personnel that you have to deal with. So it, it'll be very interesting to see how these – you know, organizations come together and do it. Um, it just, they have to get the ball rolling on this thing, like, sooner than later. The, the wheels need to start turning. The teams have to start quarantining. And you're talking about being away from your family and friends. You're talking about being away from all your normal life. And I don't know if in our society that is going to be as widely accepted by these millionaire players and all these top-notch leagues that are going to have to, you know, completely separate themselves from the rest of the world just in order to put themselves at risk and go play the game. Yeah, it's a fair curiosity, too, especially here in the States. I mean, that's what's going on. Major League Baseball, you just talked about a bunch of things that are going on there. They're going to have rule changes. They're going to go designated hitter. They're going to try some different things in Major League Baseball. That's at least the proposal. But then you do have the Blake Snells of the world arguments, right, or, or others that have said, hey, I don't want to leave my family if we're going to go to this one place and be sequestered. Uh, so there are some serious conversations still to be had. I will just say, listen, I'm I'm on the slider, man. I'm like an emotional wreck, I guess, on this stuff. And and, and I, I'm not like I, pick I, a lane, man. I, yeah, but and I'm not really the guy. Oh my gosh, we need sports so bad to come back on a sun. Like I wasn't that guy yesterday. I watched it a little bit. It yeah. was good. I'm glad to see. Listen, I want everything to get back to normal. I'm more. I want people to be healthy, and I want the economy to people to have jobs. Okay, then yeah. the sports stuff will will take place. But I'm not also – I can find some other things. So I'll go play golf or I'll go for a walk. I, I don't need to sit there for three hours on a Sunday and watch something. Sure. Like I don't have to right now. Um, but I think so many people have been that way. I just – so I'm not emotional in that sense, but I am – I just kind of go off my gut. 
And my gut is sliding all over the last two weeks yeah. on what we're seeing unfolding. Um, but I would say right now on a Monday, I feel a little bit better about it. Well, I'll be honest. I'm emotional about it because we need stuff to talk about. Okay? <laughs> You're very um, selfish. Unless you want me to break down some more bee talk. Did you see that there's a new honeybee that got discovered in Florida that's supposed to be extinct? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, we, hey, we, we get into that. that. Hey, 20 minutes tomorrow. Let's go ahead and say that for tomorrow. Who's <laughs> going to put me down for a 20-minute spot about blue bees tomorrow? Thank you, man. But um, I think what I'm the most worried about, Brent, is – I want sports to come back, all right? Obviously, I'm selfish. I want to talk about them. I want to watch them, and I'm all for it, especially the team sports. But when they do come back, I want them back in full force. I don't want it to have them come back and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we were ready for this, and now yeah. we're back to square one I again. I agree with that. Like, I'm willing to be more patient and wait if that means that when they do come back, it's back for good. The last thing I want to see is somebody jump the gun, bring them back, and all of a sudden, no, nope, we got to cancel them down again because something happened. So I would rather wait to make sure that they're you know, all – and you, it's, hard, it's hard to dot all the you know I's and cross all the T's right away, but they do their due diligence in saying, you know what, we've taken every precaution necessary, and now we can go back to playing sports. Hey, Stuart Weber, uh, while we still got you in, before we let you go and go to a break, uh, tell us about uh, your your battle, um, the walk, uh, and how you can get help with the Crohn's walk, I think it is. Uh, I don't know the yeah, specific absolutely. name, so give us some give us some info. Yeah, and, you know, we highlighted the J-Fund here last week, and, of course, they just had their big virtual gala over the weekend to, to help raise money. And, and, you know, so many different foundations and charities are, are dealing with that right now, having their major fundraising events getting wiped out, and, and that includes the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of Northeast Florida, which I play a big role in because my sister has Crohn's disease. She's had it for over 20 years now, and, uh, you know, it, it's a battle that lots of people don't know very much about you. You probably just think David Garrard because he's the most prominent person in Jacksonville that uh, has battled Crohn's disease. Uh, well, the Take Steps Walk, which normally would be held at Memorial Park in April, that got wiped out, obviously, by all the social distancing. So instead, they're going to be doing a virtual walk here coming up next month on June 20th. And so, you know, just trying to raise some money and really help not only the people who, who have Crohn's and Colitis disease right now, but hopefully the ones that are going to get in the future by by doing research and all this money goes towards a great cause to try and you know help those who are who are dealing with this this issue that so many people have a hard time talking about because you know when you're talking about things with your digestive system it's not something easy to talk about with people so uh, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation doing a lot of really good things and if people want to check out my Twitter account at Stuart A S Jack you'll see a, a feature there on a PGA golfer Hank Lebiota. Uh, from down in Central Florida, our friends at WFTV in Orlando did that profile on him and, and just his battle with Crohn's. But you can also see my team page and, and go donate there and, and go help out the good cause. All right, man. Good stuff. Uh, we'll continue to spread the word about that. Thanks for jumping in. Talk a little soccer. Talk a little NASCAR. Talk a little live sports. Back in action. Action Sports Jack Stuart Weber. Thanks. You got it. Can't wait for some AEW breakdown later this week from Austin. Oh, you better believe it, man. Big double or nothing. Can't wait. Big week. Double or nothing, Brent. Who are we excited to see? So I see Jericho go do his thing. Isn't Mike Tyson going to be part of it some he way, shape, or form? I see you doing your homework. Good good for you, man. Uh, homework might be a stretch. <laughs> you just saw it on Twitter. <laughs> be honest. You saw it on Twitter because Tony Khan posted I, something. Actually, it's I, all good. I think I saw Tony Khan tweeting about Tyson. I didn't know the direct correlation. And then Olivia, you know, who works at our sports yeah. department, also uh, mentioned that she might be able to get on the Zoom call for AEW, see if we're interested. Hmm. I mean, I haven't I can, shared that yet. I, I can talk to. I mean, I can talk to. Hey, hey, we can go Olivia's route. We can go my route. I'll hit up Tony myself, man. I get Tony <laughs> in the studio in 20 minutes if you want him here. Hey, tell him to come on. All right, Tony cool. Khan, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pump it up.
when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about the last dance. But I did have you mentioned old coaches. Mm-hmm. Had a thought or two on that in terms of getting back to sports. And I think people are missing when we talk about getting back to sports the way we knew it. It's next on ESPN 690. I feel really good about quarterback room that, that I have. You know, with Tyrod Taylor, Easton Stick, who's a guy that a lot of people don't talk about. But, you know, he's, uh, I think it's Division One. Double A, he won like three national championships. You know, it was like 51 and one. Uh, he's, a, he's a hell of a leader. He's a hell of a professional. Uh, and I, I believe he has a bright future in this league one day. But with him, Tyrod Taylor, knowing that we had an opportunity to get one, picking six in the draft, you know, uh, all those came, all those decisions came into a play when, when talking about camp. Did he just say, "No thanks, Cam Newton," because of Easton Stick? I believe so, yes, Brent. That is correct. Brent, what, what do you want him to do? It's 2020. The NFL drug policy now is really lenient. Just go with it, man. That is Anthony Lynn, Chargers head coach. And I'm still a bit baffled. We started the show a, a little bit with it. What how, is up with Cam Newton, how man? Mu- how much are Cam's people paying you right now? Listen, I and that's the funny thing about it. I'm not like this huge Cam guy. Yeah. I, I've said I've probably given them like the the... What's the opposite of a compliment? Why am I having trouble with this word? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to Google Antonym Easton for stick. compliment. I'm trying to Google Easton stick here. An antonym for compliment? Um, A dig, I guess. <laughs> I was going to say diss. A jab, a diss. Yeah, diss, <laughs> dig, whatever, man. By the way, Easton, Easton stick, North Dakota State University. Yes, That's right. of course. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. Is that general knowledge? Don't you watch college game day? I guess not, man. <laughs> not enough, I guess. Carson, who? He just he just goes, of course. Like that's general knowledge. Like I can go on the street right now, ask ten people, "Hey, Easton Stick, where do you go to school?" Well, obviously he's a bison from North Dakota State, Austin. What are you thinking? <laughs> well, My bad, like, everybody. Be like, is that a deodorant? My bad. <laughs> uh, so I have not been like I, I don't not like cam newton i think he had an unbelievable year mm-hmm. i think he's been overrated though at times i really do I, I think he's also been asked to do a lot by himself i, I always say that but i think he's a, a highly inaccurate passer that throws a very nice looking ball and is a superhuman looking being <laughs> you know but I, i'm telling you from an accuracy standpoint i, I think he's in the category uh, at times over his career of of the Bortles of the world and people like that accuracy now the difference is he Bortles couldn't throw a spiral, yeah. and and Newton again, and again. I'm not saying Bortles was better or he's as bad, but at times you kind of like you could look at the two's film and you're like, what was that? Sure. Like, and that's what you used to say about Bortles all the time. You could say you would take a few throws, like in every game sometimes for Cam Newton outside of that 15 season. Be like, what in the world was that? Where's he well, going? Let me ask you this. I mean. Once again, not sure how much Cam Newton's people are paying you. We'll get into that later. But, I mean, can you foresee Cam Newton to go on a team and lead, you know, a team to, you know, four or five wins if he goes in? You know, like, to like, I'm asking you, do you think Cam Newton's the placeholder? Or do you think Cam Newton actually still has some of that starting quality left in him where he can come in, he can be a difference maker, and turn a team around? Because I have to know what we're actually talking about here. Well... Again, I'm I'm not his biggest cheerleader. I'm I wouldn't I'm not a big fan of him coming to Jacksonville. And if I thought he could win you ten games, I would be a big fan of him coming to Jacksonville. Yeah. So I don't think he's that guy. 
I do have the injury concerns, and I want to see what Gardner Minshew's all about. So those are some of the reasons why I would say Jacksonville, no. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to be honest with myself in answering this question. But I do think in a good situation, do I think he could get you more wins than Tyrod Taylor? Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah, I do. I, I think uh, he could. Yeah. Do I think he's going to get you more than a rookie Justin Herbert? Yeah, I do. Mm. Do I think he's going to get you more than Jarrett Stidham? Again, that kind of has a little Minshew feel to it, where a lot of people I'd ask, well, would they get you more wins than, than Minshew? Yeah. People would say yes. Yeah, and then obviously so, Josh Allen, he's kind of their guy in Buffalo. And, and Josh Allen, again, I said it earlier in the show, if I was Cam Newton, I wouldn't go to Buffalo right now mm-hmm. because I know I'm their backup. I want to go to a place where, like, Miami, New England, Jacksonville, even the Chargers. See, I think the Chargers are an okay place to take a look at. Uh, now, listen, in fairness to Anthony Lynn and the Chargers, the way I view Cam Newton right now, not knowing a lot on his health and, and still having the kind of the ups and downs and, and I think a little bit overrated at times throughout his career, maybe Tyrod Taylor would get just as many wins as Cam Newton. That's kind of what I'm trying to say here. You know, maybe he would. You know, I mean, as, as I'm talking, who's out, the, talking to who's out. the last guy to lead their team to, to the playoffs? Yeah, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, good point. You know, again, I'm so, not a huge guy. Well, no, 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 I mean, listen, I think I think day one, <laughs> Brett Martin, before we start the show, he goes, "Last with Tyrod Taylor." Right? I'm not a big Tyrod Taylor guy. Like that uh, was like he, he he came out of the gate with that. So I understand how you feel about Tyrod Taylor. My biggest problem with but, Tyrod Taylor is like, like he doesn't make mistakes. Doesn't throw it. Well, because he doesn't throw it past five yards. Ever. <laughs> of course he doesn't make mistakes. He throws for like 86 yards a game. Something you want to get off your chest about Tyrod Taylor? <laughs> no. something, something happened that you Some know about? people really like Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Maybe they're right. Maybe the Chargers or, are right. Maybe they're about to find out. But they, I'll tell you, he's got talent around him. Yeah. He, he, he will have them. Is this true? He'll have the most talent around him that he's had in his career. Tyrod Taylor? Yeah. Without a right? doubt. Is that even question. a question, man? And then Buffalo, I'll be honest, I can't even name one of the receivers that he had in 2017 here. I right. mean, Kevin Benjamin. Well, like, well, once again, I can't really name any of the receivers that he had. <laughs> no, I'm just going off the name. No, I know. Hey, listen, I, know. I got to pump yeah. that up. We got the national championship game, Florida <laughs> right. State, on Friday. He's probably coming You're on our show on Friday. Exciting. Sorry about that, Kelvin. Let's look that up. Yeah, get, get, get him on the horn. Um, yeah, by far the most talent. And listen, I'm going over his numbers right now. And keep in mind, like, he hasn't played a lot of full seasons, but 2016, 2017 with Buffalo, I mean, you're talking 17 and 6 and 14 and 4. And if you compare it to Cam Newton, you're talking about Cam Newton who throws 16 interceptions a season, 13 interceptions a season. So I guess what it comes down to is do you want the boomer bust in terms of the turnovers compared to touchdowns, or do you want the more dependable guy who can maybe slow things down a little bit but not turn the ball over? Well, that's why he might be a good fit in in L.A. Especially at a cheaper price, too. Well, and the defense they have. No, of course, and especially at a cheaper price. Yeah, so he he can make some plays. Uh, Listen, I – I don't know why I have these opinions sometimes. A guy, I just, I'm not a huge, I think we got, everybody around here wanted Tyrod Taylor. I didn't think that was a great answer mm-hmm. um, at, at times. Not everybody, I should say some. So it was a conversation. I'm like, nah, it doesn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that we're talking this out a little bit more, man, I, I come into the day and I'm like, really? Anthony Lynn, really the Chargers? You're not going to give this guy, you're telling me your room is better than Cam Newton being on your roster? And you know what? Maybe it just is. But that was the whole point of the conversation a little bit today is what has happened to Cam Newton? What is the landing spot for Cam Newton? Is he now on the downside of his career? Is he going to have to do something special with an opportunity to resurrect his career to have believers? Right now across the NFL, I can't find many believers 
in Cam Newton. Ron Rivera goes to Washington where they're not very good and they don't know what they have. He's not taking Cam Newton with him. Mm-hmm. McDermott has experience with Cam Newton. He's in Buffalo. He's not knocking on that door to say, he runs get a here. system that essentially Cam Newton has ran. I mean, a lot of things Cam Newton does can fit right in with Buffalo. Matt Rule said, yeah, you know what? Teddy Bridgewater's better. Yeah. Nobody said that four years ago. <laughs> Without a doubt. So, Cam Newton, I guess that's kind of what the point of the story was a little bit today. Cam Newton, Superman Cam Newton, Mm -hmm. NFL MVP Cam Newton. He appears, at least at this stage, and this is way too early to just close the book on him. He's like, done. Mm -hmm. Is he done as a starting quarterback right now in the NFL? I think the answer to that is absolutely. I think what you see with Cam Newton is is a guy who was really good at scrambling and creating plays, right? Like, I'll never forget when we first played Carolina, I think back in 2011. And, like, I remember, like, going on the field and seeing Cam Newton, like, right next to him, like, okay, well, this is stupid. You know, like, this, this guy's built like a tight end or like a linebacker. How are you a quarterback of an NFL team? Like, this, I, I have to try to tackle you? Are you kidding? I mean, I have to tackle in front of me I have to worry about, but then when I get rid of him, I have to try to tackle your big ass. Like, it, it's, it's hard to hard to comprehend. So, like, you know, Cam Newton always had that larger-than-life kind of stature. The problem is, though, Brand, is what made him so great was also his detriment. Yeah. And that was, you know, his ability to scramble and create plays. Once he started garnering the energy, injuries and everything like that, well, all of a sudden that productivity went down. And now you're asking a guy coming off of a Liz Frank injury and go ahead and ask Maurice Jones Drew how that is. Go and ask me how it is. Guess what? It sucks. Um, it's hard to come back to your full self, especially a guy who relies on his legs so much. So is this a little bit of a combination of where maybe he's on the back nine of his career with the injuries? Yes. Is this a little combination of the Liz Frank injury um, could scare some teams away? Absolutely. And is this is kind of a thing where it's like, are you want to take a gamble on Cam Newton and say, all right, man. We get what kind of quarterback you are. You know, you're that dual threat guy you like to run, but we need you to stand in the pocket and just be a more traditional quarterback and not, you know, and not accumulate damage. That's not Cam Newton's style. Well, not only that, but that's where the indictment goes on Cam Newton. That's what I was going to yeah. say. The ability to be a dual threat guy, the ability to run and, and, and try to tackle me if you can and take mm-hmm. on some of the damage. The reason for that to me is twofold. One is his own doing and just his skill set. And one is the Panthers. Uh, responsibility, in my opinion. I don't know if they ever put enough around him. Correct. Yes. Recently, they've had McCaffrey. But their <laughs> receivers, guys, yeah. has been, uh, again, Funches, I mean. Funchess, Calvin Benjamin. It's, I mean, it's been very Curtis questionable. Samuel, then DJ Moore. I mean, that, you know what? Decent wide receivers, but not any of those game records that are dependable, I no, think. No, and, and so they asked him to play way above the X's and O's and make those guys way better. Well, his inaccuracy with the football from the pocket, in my opinion, Forced him, well, to not be able to make him them better mm-hmm. uh, in the passing game. So he would have to use his legs, therefore acquire the damage that he's acquired and mm-hmm. maybe limit his career a bit. Yeah. And so really that's the story for me on Cam Newton. He was sensational that one year. He's a sensational athlete. And he's a and he's a good quarterback. I, I just don't know if he ever really was a great quarterback, you know. Well, you know, he's a former MVP for a year. You yeah, know? And he had a great year. That you can't year. take that away from him, you know. So he he always go down as you know. I mean, MVP quarterback. Say what you want about him, but you know the the words speak for themselves. But to me, this is also a cautionary tale to a guy like Lamar Jackson. Okay, because I like Lamar Jackson from the fact that he's come out and said, "I want to be a pocket guy." All right. I don't want to be this dual threat guy that runs around and, and you know uh, takes damage. Like I want to stand in the pocket. I want to throw the ball. Now let's be honest. When the pocket breaks down and Lamar Jackson's you know the spotlight's on him, what's he going to do? He's going to shake and bake you and embarrass you and break your ankles. But it is a cautionary tale where Cam Newton. They always let Cam Newton be Cam Newton. 
Okay, I don't think any coach, you know, Ron Rivera, any offensive coordinator said, well, you know what, we've got to, let's ease off a little bit, Cam, right? Like, no. They're like, dude, you're 250 pounds. You're Superman. Go out there and be Superman. Well, the problem was he kept on going out there, going out there and being Superman, and here we are now. So I'm just saying, I think it's a cautionary tale for Lamar Jackson where it's like, dude, the way you play, and trust me, I love watching it, but you have to ask yourself, can it last forever? Until teams get hip to the game. Until those quarterback spies start coming on defense a little bit, and you don't see that linebacker coming 100 miles per hour. So I think it's a cautionary tale, number one, but also it shows that, man, you let Cam Newton be Cam Newton for so long, and now it's his detriment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hey, we got to give a senior shout-out here on a Monday. How about Zach Boykin from Clay High School? Do you say aunt or aunt? Uh, aunt. I do, too. Yeah? Is that a... Say, is that like an East Coast I don't know. We've got a lot of things in common yeah. in Rhode Island, Wisconsin, oh. from bubbler. Bubble. I mean, to uh, hey, aunt. You, you had me at bubbler. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a brotherhood that's never going to get torn us right a, there. It's a pretty exclusive club. You better believe it. Man. <laughs> I think there were only two states do that <laughs> for sure. Uh, but Zach Boykin, uh, Clay High School. Aunt Sandy, but down here we'd say Aunt Sandy, I yeah. believe. Aunt Sandy and Uncle Frank uh, send in a message. Zach has made the brave decision to join the U.S. Army and will be entering basic soon. We love you and wish you all the best. So a shout-out to Zach Boykin. Uh, thanks for your service, and uh, congratulations on your high school career. Zach Boykin from Clay High School. Continue to send in your senior shout-outs. ESPN690.com is the place to go. Send a message, and we'll recognize one of the seniors in the area Every day here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. All right, we've been kind of talking around the last dance quite a bit. Yep. And talk about it a little bit more. Uh, fantastic, right? Yeah. No way around it. You like the last episode. I, I mean, really like episode I love seven. Them all, but yeah. The whole thing was really well done. I'll say this. A lot of people say, so I'm not a true documentary because Michael Jordan had his hands all over it. It was the last dance, but it was really a documentary on, on Michael Jordan. I don't really care about all that stuff. It was yeah. good TV. It was entertaining TV. And by the way, if you want to say that Michael Jordan had his hands all over this, well, give him a little tip of the cap <laughs> because the guy can direct. Give him the Oscar right now, right? The guy can direct. Yeah. I mean, Give him if, the if, if he had that much say, yeah. as people say he did, yeah. the, and control, yeah. Well, listen, the guys from ESPN did a fantastic job putting it all together. Yeah. But Michael Jordan did a pretty good job, well, too, yeah. because everybody was entertained. This wasn't like a John Gruden situation where John Gruden took over Hard Knocks, and it was him and Hunter Renfro, <laughs> Mr. Vanilla Ice Cream, just boring the audience for 30 minutes of pop. This was this was must-see TV for Michael Jordan. Yeah, it became that way. Uh, did Here's what I want to ask you. One of the reasons I think it was so fun to watch, why so many people gravitated toward it, the obvious is, is what? There's not a lot to do right now for people. So everybody's watching it. Yeah. But it made everybody feel young again. Nostalgia, man. Didn't it? Yep. It's you know, a crazy thing. It, it's a really strange thing. And, and I don't think a lot of things do this. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe this is just me. Uh, I was thinking of it the other day. I, I had two. Let's see. Uh, I was talking to. I was looking something up the other day. And we were talking about like an old coach of mine. Uh, not my mentor last week they were talking about, but a, a different coach. And so I looked up him and what he was doing now. And he had passed away. And uh, a neighbor of mine just lost his mom, who I, you know, I haven't seen in however many years. Yeah. So I think some of those things kind of bring up memories, right? Of course. And it kind of made me think that I was like, man, I got to reach out to some of those folks, you know? Mm-hmm. It's uh, I talked to my old mentor last week. He was listening to the show. I was like, ah, that was fun catching up Absolutely. and doing that. I, I got to do that more. Yeah, I mean, so when, I, when I was talking to Edmund on Friday, man, we had yeah, a blast. There you go. Yeah, Edmund, yeah, on Friday. Yeah. So I think things like that make you think back. Of course. Now, uh, I, I guess. 
this time frame maybe helps us think back. But the Michael Jordan documentary put us back in our rooms when we were 12 or 13 years old or whatever age you were. And posters on the wall, whether it was Jordan or not, it was Bird against Jordan or it was whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But it put us all back in a different era. Yeah. So... From my standpoint, I loved it because you're absolutely right. The music, um, the style, those baggy suits, you know, (laughs) and and obviously reliving some of those games, especially the Utah Jazz game, you know, Kerr hitting his game-winning shot. I mean, it all just came back in waves, you know. I I could have told you exactly where I was when I saw Steve Kerr hit his shot. You know, I was in in my grandpa's room on this black-and-white TV laying on his bed, and I I remember Steve Kerr hitting that shot. I can tell you where I was when Michael Jordan hit that game-winner against Utah Jazz, you know, in game six. Like, I remember those instances, and I remember growing up, and obviously Michael Jordan was my hero. But the cool thing that The Last Dance did, Brent, at least from my opinion, was as a kid, he was my hero, and I idolized that dude. But now I say, and I said before you, a man, you know, I'm 32 years old and I watched that, you know, documentary, The Last Dance. And now it's about respect. I respect Michael Jordan. now, Right. Like as a kid, I was like, I want to be like him when I'm older. Looking back on it now, do I want to be like Michael Jordan? Probably not, man, because that guy had a he had a burden of a lot of things that he had to take care of. But I respect him for doing it, man. So it it just got me this newfound respect for Michael Jordan. um, That's never going to leave man it just he, to, to me he's the ultimate athlete of all time i say this in and i don't say this with a larry bird twist but I, Here we I, go. I will say i'm a little like michael jordan out okay yeah I, I, i'm not, I'm not no. just being honest like yeah, i'm no, like okay fine. every twitter feed and again because we don't have yeah. much else yeah so everything is relative to the last dance right now sure every day of the week if you turn on scott van pelt it's an hour of the last dance after yeah. an hour of the yeah. last dance okay no, no i get that just don't be so upset though, because you backed the wrong horse in Larry Bird. Okay, like you're you're a little bitter because your hero couldn't dunk a basketball. You're a little bitter because my hero was doing 360 dunks and winning slam dunk competitions. Don't take it out of Michael Jordan and don't take it out on the show. That's your own problem, man, not mine. I love the '86 converses. Uh, poor Lance Armstrong. <laughs> the weapons couldn't call him the Larry Birds. Poor Lance Armstrong. Why I say that? Plus, Jordan with the Wizards is an underrated time. I'll tell you why. And. Minorities in coaching, mm-hmm. plus a thought or two on uh, Phyllis George, who passed and was a pioneer uh, in the broadcasting world for females. That's on the way in the 5 o'clock hour on ESPN 690. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.